The first round series between the Dallas Stars and Minnesota Wild is now tied at one game apiece after a dominant performance from the Stars on home ice in game two. On today's episode, we'll be talking about Rope Hints and his electric hat trick. We'll also be talking about the Stars' power play and penalty kill and also be showing some love to the Stars' trade deadline acquisitions as they make the case for themselves to get extensions from Jim Nill in the offseason. All of this and more coming up on today's episode of Locked On Stars. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bing bong. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, coming to you on this April 20th. Whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener of the show, thank you for stopping by and making the Locked On Stars podcast your first listen every single day be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen or watch whether that be youtube spotify apple etc we're free and available no matter where or how you choose to listen been a lot of really good numbers here during the playoffs a lot of new listeners a lot of first-time viewers listeners etc thank you guys for the continued support we're here every monday through friday uh, covering all things dallas stars hockey especially here In the postseason, a great series so far between the Stars and the Minnesota Wild. Everything now tied at one apiece after the Stars came out and absolutely dominated game two of this first round series. And a big part of that domination had to do with Rope Bay Hints. And they call the Dallas Stars top line the Avengers line for a reason. Joe Pavelski goes down after a rough hit from Matt Dumba in game one. He's injured. He's in concussion protocol. We don't necessarily know when he's going to be back, but it seems like there's a good chance we won't see him back this series. But his line mate, his teammate, Rope Hints, avenged him. Uh, and, I mean, just did everything you could have asked for in this game. He, he pulled off something that we haven't seen from a Dallas star since the 2020 Edmonton bubble. He scored three goals, recorded a hat trick, the first Dallas star to do so in the postseason since Yoel Kiviranta against the Colorado Avalanche in Game 7 of the Western Conference semifinals feels like a lifetime ago. Uh, And maybe the stake's not quite as big as this was only Game 2 as opposed to a Game 7, but still an important performance and an incredible performance, a historic performance from Rope Hintz nonetheless. A four-point night when the Dallas Stars absolutely needed their best players to step up to the plate and go to work and do battle with this Minnesota Wild team to make sure that they get at least one here at home. It seems like the trend this postseason is for the first two games to go to a split, at least with these first batch of games. Uh, The Monday and Wednesday games looks like we have quite a few splits, both in the East and the West, and I imagine we'll be getting even more so uh, tonight with the second batch of games uh, that will be airing uh, both throughout the East and the West. But Rope Hintz did, did his work in all three areas of the game, uh, scoring five-on-five, five, scoring shorthanded, and scoring on the power play. And, of course, you throw in an assist just for good measure whenever he picked up a helper 
on Jamie Benn's power play goal in the second period. And Rope Hints continues to be one of the National Hockey League's best-kept secrets. He's on a roster that's filled with so much elite talent in the NHL. Jake Ottinger, one of the best goalies in the league. Jason Robertson, who's making a case to be an MVP candidate this season. Miro Haskinen, who's making a case to be a Norris candidate for the next several years to come. And then right there in the middle of all of it, you have a guy who we've talked about before, has Mike Madonna-esque speed, elite scoring ability, really crafty with his stick, can play very well on the defensive end of the ice too. He's such a lethal weapon that can burn just about any team at just about any time in any game. And that was on full display on Wednesday night. He set the tone early with a shorthanded breakaway goal to put the Stars up 1-0. Absolutely huge in terms of momentum. Uh, and he really just never slowed down. And the Stars, as a result, never really slowed down. It obviously wasn't just him, as the team did score seven combined goals. But I think that that shorthanded goal really set the tone for this team early on. And then even later on, the, the Stars had a pretty healthy lead, 4-1. to one. The Minnesota Wilds start to claw their way back into the contest. And then, you know, Evgeny Dodonov gets his goal. You say, okay, it's a two-goal lead. But, you know, how safe is that with how Minnesota had been playing lately? And then Rope Hints with another breakaway opportunity, scoring five on five. And then, of course, putting the nail in the coffin in the third period with a power play goal. He now has four goals here through two games uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs here in 2023. Absolutely electric lights out stuff from Rope Hints. When the team needed him most, he stepped up to the plate and delivered one of the best playoff performances we've seen from a Dallas Stars forward in quite some time. And this is something we should expect to continue both right now and even when Joe Pavelski does come back. I think when Pavs comes back into the fold, it's going to bring out even more from Rope Hints. And also Jason Robertson, who quietly had a two-point evening, nothing to scoff at, just a little overshadowed by a guy who scored a hat trick uh, and delayed the game for what felt like 10 minutes uh, with the amount of hats being thrown on the ice by the American Airlines Center crowd. Another uh, sellout crowd, another incredible atmosphere in game two of this series. And, and I mean, you, you look at from look at it from the Minnesota perspective and something that I was curious on and even uh, talked a little bit with Seth Topol of Locked on Wild asking, you know, was he surprised to see Marc-Andre Fleury in goal? And he said not really that they, you know, that the Minnesota Wild were looking at it from the perspective of, well, Gustafson, it was his first playoff game on Monday. Obviously, that game went longer than anyone expected. He racked up a ton of minutes. And, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury, he knows what it takes to win in the postseason. He's won the Stanley Cup several times, one of the best goalies of our generation. And so I think initially it wasn't a bad decision to start Marc-Andre Fleury in this situation. If you're Minnesota, you had done what you needed to do. You stole a game on the road. Uh, you had some momentum built up after that thrilling overtime win. And so you put a guy out there who is not what he once was. Let, let's call it what it is. But Marc-Andre Fleury still a pretty solid goalie this season for Minnesota. And again, a guy who does have a pretty impressive playoff track record, but it obviously wasn't the right decision. And the Dallas Stars were able to take advantage. Marc-Andre Fleury at times looked lost defending some of these shots, especially some of the Rope Hint shots. And I really don't know if we'll see Marc-Andre Fleury for the rest of the series, barring some injury uh, for Philip Gustafson which I don't necessarily envision happening because, you know, he's young, he still is fresh, uh, whereas, you know, you might be a little bit more worried for an older goalie in the postseason. But I expect a little bit more of a 
tighter game in game three, as I imagine we'll be getting Jake Gottinger versus Philip Gustafson for, for the first game up in St. Paul, but huge for the Stars to take advantage offensively, knowing that they happened to catch a Hall of Fame goalie on a bad night. Maybe we will see Marc-Andre Fleury again, and maybe he won't put up that kind of performance, but I do think that that factored into it a little bit. I still think the Stars find a way to win this game if Gustafson is in goal, but really curious decision now looking back for the Minnesota Wild and their coaching staff. Was that the right decision, and how much did it really affect the game? It just seemed like but the stars forwards, especially Rope Hints, just had Mark Andre Fleury's number, which I was not expecting uh, when I saw that he was the starter for this game. I was still pretty worried. Again, it's Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, it's a guy that you know. It's not just some random nobody backup. I mean, it's a Hall of Fame goalie, uh, a guy who again knows what it takes to win in the postseason. So tons of credit to Rope Hints and the Dallas Stars offense for finding a way to crack the code on one of the best that we've ever seen between the pipes. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about this Dallas Stars offense, but we'll also lean a little bit into all things special teams. We'll talk about the Stars' dominant power play and penalty kill right after this. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Something exciting is coming to Built.com on April 22nd. I don't have all the details yet, but the excitement is real, and it's something you won't want to miss. If you know how Built works, they have the most incredible protein bars in the world, and they do these amazing flavor drops with unreal flavors in limited quantity. So mark your calendars and head to Built.com on Saturday, April 22nd, to be one of the first to discover what all the hype is about. I can't wait to see what this new flavor is. Make sure you use promo code LOCKEDON15, and you'll get 15% off your order at Built.com. I want to thank you again for making the Locked On Stars podcast your first listen every single day. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the show, YouTube, uh, your favorite podcasting platform of choice, Spotify, Apple. Thank you guys for the continued support all throughout this season, but especially now here in the playoffs. Again, lots of new listeners and viewers. Thank you guys for joining in uh, and being an everyday listener and everydayer, as we like to say around here. And we're continuing to break down last night's game. The Dallas Stars get a 7-3 to win over the Minnesota Wild in Game 2 of their best-of-seven series. And a big part of it had to do with the special teams. The Stars have been putting on an absolute master class, uh, especially on the man advantage, but even to some extent on the penalty kill through two games in this series. They now have five power play goals through the first two games of this matchup. And the Minnesota Wilds seemingly have no answer for it, regardless of who's in goal. The Stars' two goals on Monday both came on the power play, and they go three for six on the man advantage on Wednesday night. But it wasn't really just the power play either. It was also the penalty kill, which for the Stars went four for five on Wednesday. And you hear it said time and time again that teams that win playoff games, teams that win playoff series, they do so because of good goaltending, and good special teams, or really the word should be great goaltending and great special teams, which the Stars really, for the most part, have gotten through the first two games of this first-round matchup. You could say Jake Ottinger maybe wasn't at his best on Wednesday night, but he, he did enough to help the Stars get the win, and he also got plenty of insurance due in large part to the special teams. That's really been the difference through the first two games of this series between the Stars and the Wild. I mean, you, the Stars really generated a ton of momentum and then kind of shot themselves in the foot with that turnover that led to that breakaway goal in game one that allowed Minnesota to tie things up. Otherwise, you know, they had the lead. They had some momentum going in their favor. 
after back-to-back power play goals from Rope Hints and Jason Robertson. And then the power play really is what told the story in game two. And it wasn't just the goals themselves, but it's who was scoring them. You, you, you talk about how important it is for guys to step up after a loss in game one and after one of the most beloved guys in that locker room goes down. And it's the guys you would expect to be stepping up to fill those roles. Tyler Sagan quite literally was filling Joe Pavelski's role. He scores the second goal of the game on the man advantage. I mean, it was a, a Joe Pavelski replica play in front of the net, getting the tip in the redirect off of himself into the back of the net. I mean, you, you could have slapped a 16 and a Pavelski on Tyler's Jersey. And I would have been 100% convinced that Joe Pavelski was out there on the ice. I mean, it was pound for pound, a, a Joe Pavelski type play that you would expect to see him make. And also fantastic to see that Tyler Sagan is getting involved in this series. Jamie Ben also got in on the power play action, as well as the aforementioned Rope Hints. I mean, it's the guys you expect to be taking charge in games like this. The team knew that they needed to step up, and it wasn't just one guy who took the reins. It was a group effort, uh, although some guys did you know, get more points and goals than others, just like we saw Hints do. But Jamie Benn played a really great game. Sagan played a great game. And the rest of the guys on the power play also played a huge part. Miro Haskinen, who I haven't really mentioned once in this episode, maybe had the best game of anybody. Four-point night. Three of them coming on the power play, continuing to take care of business when the Stars get that extra man on the ice, or really when the other team loses a man on the ice. He just takes charge up at the top of the zone, and so much of what the Stars are able to do offensively comes from his ability to see things unfold unlike anyone else really can at that position. Very few other defensemen have that kind of impact on the power play. He really has this season entered into that conversation of the NHL's elite defenseman, not just because of his defensive work, but for what he can do offensively as well. I mean, you look at a guy like Eric Carlson in San Jose, phenomenal offensive season, but he's not really putting up the defensive numbers that you would expect. And Miro Haskinen uh, really has been outstanding, putting himself in the conversation with guys like Kale McCarr, like Adam Fox, so on and so forth. Victor Hedman, Uh, what he's been for Tampa Bay over the past few seasons. Miro Haskinen has been that, if not a little bit more this year for the Stars, and has just has an excellent track record uh, of playoff success. He was really good for this team in the bubble, was fine for them last year against Calgary, but really has taken the reins and been a driving force for the team in this matchup against the Minnesota Wild. And I even said on yesterday's episode that he needed to take charge in terms of setting things up offensively, entering the offensive zone, and helping the Stars get some solid possession time in the offensive zone. And he was doing that both on the power play, but also on the five-on-five. And I want to come back to Tyler Sagan as well, who I think deserves a ton of credit. Sagan is continuing to show that he has plenty left to offer when he's placed around elite talent. He's done fine whenever he's played with the Mason Marchments and the Ty Delandrias of the world, but I mean, those guys aren't quite as good as Jason Robertson and Rope Hintz. I don't really think that that's much of a secret. And so, you know, there's always going to be the criticism of Sagan. He's, you know, one of the more polarizing players amongst the fan base. I know the fans love him, but he's also a guy that the fans aren't afraid to criticize and critique. uh, And rightfully so. He does make quite a bit of money and doesn't necessarily always have the numbers to back it up. But I think we've seen time and time again this season when he's had to fill in on that top line, he, he looks like the Tyler Sagan that we all knew and loved back in the early 2010s, mid-2010s, that was just an absolute force to be reckoned with. And so I think that that's something 
that you know the Stars front office should take note of in terms of what they pursue this offseason in terms of trades and free agency. But you also look within the Stars organization itself, the prospect pool, Logan Stankoven likely joining the team next season. Definitely would be interesting to see Stankoven lined up next to Tyler Sagan on the same line. But as long as Joe Pavelski is still going to be out, which again, I expect to be for likely the rest of this series, if he's able to come back and he's 100% healthy, great. But if not, I think the Stars are going to be just fine having Tyler Sagan slotted in at that spot on the top line with Hintz and Robertson and especially uh, on that top power play unit because they really haven't missed a beat despite missing Pavelski because, again, that is just such an intimidating group to have to go up against. It's it's hard to pick who you have to guard. Obviously, you're having to scramble anyway defensively because you're down a man, but, I mean, who do you choose to leave open? You can't leave any of those guys open because they'll make you pay. They'll, they'll burn you as has been the case this entire series when the Stars have had the extra attacker on the ice. But that's going to do it for this segment. We're going to take one more quick break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about the newest members of the Dallas Stars, the trade deadline acquisitions, Evgeny Dodonov and Max Domi, both of them making their presence felt in Game 2, and in my eyes, making the case for why Jim Nil should be looking to extend them over the summer. More on that right after this. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle, and every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit, or you'll get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, get the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, everybody, the final segment of today's episode of Locked on Stars, continuing to talk about this win in game two. The series now evened at one apiece in this game. A lot of different players for the Stars had their fingerprints all over this matchup. But I want to take some time to highlight the two newest members of the Stars organization. The two guys who were acquired at the trade deadline really uh, made themselves present in this game against the Minnesota Wild. And I think making their cases for why they should be getting contract extensions from the Stars this summer, if that's where they want to be. And I, I can't imagine that this isn't a desired team to be playing for, given the personnel that they already have, some of the personnel that is on its way through the prospect pool. Uh, we've talked about at length here on this podcast about how good this Stars team seems to be set up for the future. Obviously, the expectations are high this season, but this seems like a really nice place to be for the next handful of years. And you would have to think that guys like Evgeny Dodonov and Max Domi would be interested in being participants in that over the coming years. Evgeny Dodonov nearly joined Rope Hints in the hat trick party with a two goal performance. Not really something I was expecting in this game, but a surprise to be sure, but a welcomed one. Uh, I will say that. And just really also just unexpected goals just because of the way they happen. Uh, kind of, you know, a rush opportunity on the first one where Marc-Andre Fleury is having to sprawl around, making saves, but eventually does get beat as he's 
you know, on the ground after, you know, making save attempts and a pretty easy goal for Evgeny Dodonov. But then the next one, just an absolute beauty as Miro Haskinen fires it at the net and Dodonov kind of cruises by, gets a piece of it, and, and it deflects past Marc-Andre Fleury. Just an absolute work of beauty. We also see Wyatt Johnston pick up his first playoff point on Dodonov's first goal of the game. So congratulations to 19-year-old rookie Wyatt Johnston for recording his first point uh, in the biggest tournament in the world of hockey. And this line, I don't, second line, third line, whatever you want to call it for the Dallas Stars at this point, continues to be special. The, the group that really has not been broken despite the challenges and adversity that this lineup faces sometimes with guys missing time or being scratched, getting injured, that this line has been a certainty, but it's been a certainty that you can count on. I mean, Jamie Benn played really well, getting a goal on the power play of Guinea Dodonoff, making his presence felt. And Wyatt Johnston, while he hasn't put up the numbers that we've seen him put up during stretches of the year, he's looked very confident uh, in this series. I think he and Brock Faber both. Brock Faber has even less NHL experience than Wyatt Johnston. He's, what, now four games uh, into his NHL career, and half of those have been playoff games, I think, Faber and Johnston both look unfazed and they are very much ready for this tournament. Uh, and White Johnston, I think, as he continues to play these games, will get even more comfortable. And, and then as the tournament progresses and hopefully the stars progress farther, we'll see 53 make a little bit more of an impact alongside the Donoff and Jamie Benn, who have both been to the playoffs before uh, and looking to continue to make an impact alongside the rookie sensation that is Wyatt Johnston. But it wasn't just a Donoff. Max Domi, while he was held off the score sheet, still made an impact on this game and kind of found a way to play that villain role that we talked about a little bit yesterday. But he found a way to do it sparingly, and he found a way to do it at the right time, just finding the right time to you know be a part of or spark a scrum after a play. Of course, there was plenty of players getting tossed left and right at the end of the matchup. And Max Domi kind of helped kickstart that trend with Kirill Kaprizov. Both of those players get into a little bit of an altercation after a play. Both of them get 10-minute game misconducts, which at that point in the game, there was less than 10 minutes left in the in, in the match. And so they both had to leave the ice. But then that kind of started a domino effect of several players getting removed from the ice before the end of game two. And, and I know it didn't really matter because the game was over. But I mean, I think it says a lot that Max Domi, a guy who is been you know confined to a middle six role certainly not the premier player on this star's roster was able to get under the skin of a guy like Kirill Kaprizov who is the best player on this Minnesota team and again I know the circumstances of the game were not necessarily close or intense it really wasn't that groundbreaking but I still think that that matters and that's good to know that a guy like Max Domi can find a way to get under the skin of the best players on the opposing team uh, which we're not really surprised. I mean, he's been doing that his whole career, uh, and the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. We saw his father, Ty Domi, do that during his time in the NHL as well. But he also, you know, found himself in a few situations where he had some great opportunities, or at least was around and on the ice and involved in the offense for some great opportunities. I think as time continues to go on, we'll eventually see Max Domi crack the score sheet. But even if it isn't that, he's finding a way to bring juice to the lineup, as is Evgeny Dodonov. And I think if Jim Neal can find a way to bring these guys back in the offseason without breaking the bank, I think it's worth looking into. And it's definitely possible with a few expiring contracts this offseason. Yoel Kiviranta, Luke Glendening, Freddie Olofsson, Joel Hanley. Uh, not saying all four of those guys are going to be gone. Maybe some of those guys will re-sign with the Stars. It's a different discussion for a different day at the end of the season. But 
that the, these two small, relatively small moves up the trade deadline are seeming to pay off in a, a big way, making big dividends for this team in the postseason, which is what you wanted. Ton of love and respect for Dennis Gurionov and what he did during his time in Dallas, but I just don't see Dennis Gurionov making the kind of impact that Dodonov has made uh, through two games in this series. And I think the addition of Max Domi has done wonders just in terms of, you know, guys looking to kind of play that villain role. And, you know, that can come in all sorts of shapes and sizes for different teams. But Max Domi fits it well uh, and certainly is not afraid to go at anyone uh, on the opposing team, which is a great attribute to have, although he is racking up a pretty healthy dose of penalty minutes now with two game misconducts uh, in the only two games played of the postseason so far for himself. But he and Evgeny Dodonov both are making strong cases to get re-signed by the Stars in the offseason. And if they continue to do it, Jim Nil may have no choice but to do just that. Re-sign both of them and make them Dallas Stars for the foreseeable future. But that is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you so much again for tuning in and making us your first listen every single day. Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. We're always free and available no matter where or how you choose to listen. And we'll, of course, be right back here tomorrow getting you prepared for Game 3, the first game of the series up in Minnesota. Sure to be another intense game with a rowdy crowd and another probably excellent goalie battle between Jake Ottinger, the Minnesota kid. Jake Ottinger going to be making his playoff debut in his home state, if you will, although no stranger to the playoffs. But you have to imagine he's pretty fired up to be playing in his home state. And then I imagine we'll see Philip Gustafson back in net for the Minnesota Wild. Should be an excellent game, and we'll get you set for everything you need to know on tomorrow's episode. So I hope you guys have an excellent Thursday. Take care of yourselves, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow. <laughs>